Listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at Picturesque Birdsale Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music, and it has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years now. I'm Bruce Tullock, host of Beer for Breakfast, and this episode spotlights Field Guide. Now, Field Guide, the moniker of Dylan McDonald, burst out of the Brandon scene as a member of the Middle Coast, a promising trio that has since split into three promising solo careers. And yes, Brandon has its own music scene. Field Guide's gentle, dreamy pop sound has brought rave reviews and comparisons to the likes of Bahamas and Andy Schaaf. 
We just heard Full Time, the title track to Field Guide's 2019 debut. Since then, he's worked full time and then some, releasing a fistful of albums including Field Guide Last Autumn and Field Guide Tape Redux, a reimagining of that LP this year. Check out fieldguidemusic.com for everything you need to know about after this interview. Field Guide will be performing at Shady Grove on Saturday, July 8th from 1.15 to 2.15 p.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Welcome Dylan McDonald, or should I call you Field or Mr. Guide? Why a moniker? Like, just thanks for having me. On. <laughs> Why a moniker over your name? Um, I'm not totally sure. I think I wanted to find a name that sort of suited the music that I had begun making, and um, yeah, moniker kind of felt uh, more suited than, than my own name, and, and also kind of provided a distance. I think coming from a band for a lot of years and then doing a solo thing, it, it kind of uh, felt good to kind of blur the lines a little bit and have it still feel maybe a little bit. So, what it was, so bringing up the band, what is the biggest challenge that you found going from band to solo artist? Doing everything yourself. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, really got comfy splitting up the workload of everything from booking shows um, to, you know, driving the band and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it was sort of sort of different. I'm I'm also uh, sometimes bad at making decisions, so having two people to bounce things off of all the time <laughs> was nice. And all of a sudden, I kind of had to chart the course all all by myself. But also a really uh, freeing thing too, just to kind of follow your your own soul vision too. Well, enough about them. <laughs> that was then, this is now. <laughs> Let's talk about your songwriting. As we mentioned, the, re- the reviews have been glowing, raving about the dreamy pop and melodies, but then they always defer and mention, yes, but the lyrics and your voice. So here's a couple of field guide quotes that goes along with that. Melody is what makes words fall out of my mouth. I love the process of discovering writing and recording in more of a solitary way. I learned a lot about myself as a creative. Well, uh, I guess going to the band thing again, but I spent most of my sort of early music days doing almost completely co-writing, and all of a sudden I found myself just writing songs on my own, um, and really just kind of enjoyed discovering a style in that way and you know with co-writing you're often thinking of a thinking of a lyric and maybe explaining why you think that line should go there whereas by myself I found that I was think you know words just sort of spell out of my mouth and I didn't really have anyone to explain it to I just kind of just my my gut with it and um yeah I found it to be a really cool thing kind of sort of asking less questions and, and uh, just letting it be a little bit more free-flowing. And along those lines, where he comes to, when it comes to solo, uh, another great quote is, a solo album that invites the listener inside Field Guide's inner monologue world, it really is meant to be lived in together. Quote, These are the truest, rawest songs I've ever written. I've never felt so sure about something I've made before. And now it's yours. Now, for us general public... That's like an evisceration of our soul. There's nothing more 
open and vulnerable. What are you bringing us into? Well, a, a lot of it was written during during the pandemic, and yeah, I think a lot of people found themselves, you know, really kind of digging out a little bit of of darkness in themselves during that time, and, and it definitely felt that way for me. You know, the songs kind of acted as journal entries in a way, and uh, yeah, so it just it, it felt it sort of felt like some of the Ross writing I've done, and, and I felt uh, I felt really proud of. Uh, of doing that and of kind of digging in like that and and I think also just sort of you know the work that's gone along with that too with, with without other bandmates to bounce things off of do you ever fear that you might be giving too much of yourself away in an attempt to relate to the audience I haven't thought a, a lot about that I think that um, since then lyrically I've been sort of writing a little bit differently I feel like um, it's a little bit less cut and dry, which I sort of enjoy. I feel like kind of go in record cycles like that in, in pairs or in trios where I read a record like that, it's, it's kind of has that sort of lyrical style. And, and now I sort of feel like I've, I've moved from that. So it's not really something that's been on my mind a whole lot. But I also do, um, even even though I don't have bandmates per se, I do definitely have um, some fairly consistent collaborators. Um, one thing my friend Chris Ulrich, who um, has been a part of pretty much everything I've, I've made. So um, in that way, I kind of do have, you know, someone that I'm bouncing things off. Can't say enough about Chris Ulrich, a fabulous uh, Winnipeg musician, outstanding. And uh, along with collaborating with him frequently and over the years, you also worked with uh, Parachutes. You, you co-wrote that with Polaris Prize nominee Begonia. Tell us about how how you mix solitary songwriting and collaborating into a, a cohesive sound, because that's another one of the common the 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 unifying review is you've developed your own sound, and that's a a hard road to hoe mixing yourself and collaborations. Well, with Chris specifically, um, I think you know I think part of it is him having been part of the project for so long. He's kind of seen it develop and. You know, I think at, at times when I sort of get in the weeds, is able to um, at times give me feedback of you know something that maybe isn't resonating, doesn't doesn't feel like the voice of the project or something like that. I don't know. I think it, it's I've, I've learned. I think one of the biggest things I've learned with recording and producing my own music is just learning to be really opinionated, <laughs> which uh, is is something that I am sometimes just generally day-to-day life and it's not my favorite trait about myself at times but I have kind of learned that really that is what production is is just having opinions and hopefully having ones that kind of align with each other and, and, and still you know maintaining an openness to like be surprised and, and have something come together you know that you maybe didn't expect but um, I guess you know sort of those things as well as this yeah this long running collaboration with Chris has been really helpful in, in sort of finding what it is that we found Another thing I found interesting about your, your songwriting is that you're, you're not afraid to revisit songs. Uh, I love it when, when artists redo an album in a totally different way, whether it be acoustic or, you know, reimagine an entire album. You redid Tupperware for uh, Make Peace With That. You reimagined it. And then last year you released the eponymous Field Guide LP. And now you, you've reimagined it as... Field Guide Tape Redux, 
Was there something you felt that was missing originally? Something new you wanted to add? You could update it? Was there an epiphany? What was the impetus behind revisiting your songs? At the time that I sort of decided to do that, I was uh, on tour in Europe for the first time, playing solo every night. And at that time, I, I knew I was moving towards doing a bunch of full band touring in, in sort of the near future. And when I began doing a bunch of the solo touring, I, I kind of found myself at least at the start yearning for the, the band stuff. But by the end, when I knew that was about to change, yeah, I just realized how much I really warmed up to that. And and I, I guess it's always been a theme with my songs that, for the most part, they're they're written acoustically and, and they really work that way. And the songs just really are themselves without all the other stuff. Even though that's some of my favorite my favorite thing to do is is to kind of produce them and put drums on them and things like that. But so I guess I, I felt like I wanted to sort of mark that you know eighteen months or so of like doing a lot of solo playing and and I guess the other thing about it too is is yourself and you write a bunch of songs and then you record them and then you go and play them live a bunch and um they really develop and grow and turn into something new um but that isn't always yeah captured on on the recording because you record them you know relatively soon after writing them so i i felt uh it was sort of an opportunity to both capture them where they're written uh and also sort of how they had progressed what did you find was the the biggest difference, or that is the word, I guess. The the difference. What did what did you notice? What had changed? I I was able to really improvise, which was really freeing. I, I a lot of the, the the harmony, like the chords, I, I sort of changed on the spot. Sometimes I was even just accidentally hitting a chord and then realizing, wow, that's actually kind of neat. And yeah, it just, it just felt very free flowing, and it, in a way that you know. I shouldn't say it's not possible with a band, because it is, but in that specific way, you know, to just be able to shift gears and go longer on something or change the chords, like in, in a matter of a millisecond, it, it was just sort of a really emotive kind of process that way. Whereas it was the record, you know, even though uh, a lot of the vocals were technically scratch vocals on, on the burden, it was recorded very freely. It also was quite calculated in you know, we did specific week for acoustic and vocal, and then, you know, flew to Montreal with the second round of recording there. So, you know, whereas this was really just popping over to Chris's, we recorded it straight to his quarter-inch tape machine, and, you know, no edits, no overdubs, no nothing, just whatever happened in the moment happened. And, and, and so, yeah, I can get pretty obsessive about recording and really do so many versions is this the right thing? And that was sort of, there's no questions. There's no, yeah, so that part of it was really, really nice. With the band, uh, are you are you more album or are you more redux? I, I guess a mix of the two a little bit. And and frankly, kind of a, a, a third box to check, which is we've kind of, you know, slowly over the touring found our, our own thing, which has been really cool too. Yeah, but taking inspiration from both of those batches, I'd say. Looking forward to seeing you with the, with the full band in Shady Grove. You return to Shady Grove, a stage you know well, having participated in the Stingray Young Performers Program. Tell us who your mentor was and how that's influenced your career business-wise, performance, networking, writing music as a person in general. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I did it twice, actually. And the first time it was J.D. Edwards great guy great musician 
And yeah, I really enjoyed that. I remember a little bit less about that because it was quite a while ago. But I, I remember, I think it was really perfect for the time too. Like it was, we were quite young at that time. And I just remember JD being really encouraging um, and just kind of, you know, made a, made a path. Still to this day, seeing him around is always and that's kind of fun to reflect on that being the meeting point. And then, and I guess a couple years later, we we worked with Matt Peters from Royal Canoe, and that whole fest too was the first time I, I saw Royal Canoe, which uh, is a very yeah, it just feels kind of momentous because I really went on to um, really like that band a lot, and, and I remember that show being pretty spectacular. But um, I think. You know, with Matt, we, we got more, um, I mean, he's definitely got a producer brain. Obviously, he's doing, you know, the Dead Man thing with Matt Schellenberg, and um, they're producing a lot of really cool stuff. And, yeah, so I remember him sort of, like, working through some of our songs, you know, specifically. And our, our band, definitely, I would say, in general, never really quite understood or found what it was, what the sound of it was. I think <laughs> that's largely because there was three sort of distinctive sounds we just didn't quite realize yet but um i remember matt working through more kind of specific things with us that way and like question questioning us on parts and different different things things like that but uh i think uh definitely took great great things from both and uh yeah still see both of them around and i mean bucky from from world mm. canoe is actually the the label man for birthday cake which is the, the label on now so it is kind of circle in, in a certain way. Dylan McDonald, a.k.a. Field Guide, thanks for joining us today. What song would you like to leave the listeners with today? Let's uh, let's go on Looking Back from the um, Field Guide record. Why that song? Um, it's, been, it's been a really fun one to play live with the band, and uh, so it's kind of top of mind. You can't go wrong with it's fun to play with the band. If the band's having fun, the audience is having fun. If the audience is having fun, the band is having fun. Thanks, Dylan. I'm Bruce Tullock, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Field Guide, who will be performing on Saturday, July 8th at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through July 9th at Birds Hill Park. Until then, be good, have fun, stay motivated. Stop.